0: Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1:16 from our epistle reading today this is our sermon text. I am not ashamed of the gospel. We are unashamed of the gospel. You may notice, if you've been around St. Mark's a little while, that this has become somewhat of a a theme verse for us these past 18 months. I intentionally use it on our website and the opening of our video content, these sorts of places. And, of course, you may notice that it is the name of our collectible cards. I think we probably ran out this morning. If you didn't get a St. Mark Unashamed collectible card, let me know. We'll run off some more um, because these cards are, are a fun way of teaching us, reminding us, that we're not the first Christians to experience the hatred of the world because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The saints of old, such as St. Mark, today's card, they encourage us, all the saints, encourage us to be unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You'll note the red ribbon if you do have a, a card. At the top corner of it, St. Mark was unashamed of the gospel to the point of death. That's what that ribbon stands for. He was martyred. He was a martyr for standing firm on God's word. He knew that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And he was able to hold on to that faith even when it cost him his life. Unashamed of the gospel. Paul states that he is not ashamed of the gospel, because he has not yet made it to Rome. The historical context of this is found starting in verse 13. So if you have your, your insert available, you can want to look at the uh, Romans reading, or you can open your, your Bibles to Romans 1, looking at verse 13. We will see there the explanation of why he has to say he's not ashamed. Of course Paul's not ashamed. Why would he even have to say that? Well, he says, starting in verse 13, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented. Something's holding him back in order that I may reap harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation, he says, both to Greeks and to barbarians. That's that's non-Greek Gentiles. So the Romans and all the other Gentile nations out there, both to the wise and to the foolish, he says. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are, In Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and this gives us some understanding as well. Paul is currently, as he's writing this letter to the Romans, he is on his missionary journey where he's collecting funds for the church back in Jerusalem, which is predominantly Jewish Christian. So to the Jew first, I'm I'm busy doing that work right now, and as soon as I deliver over those funds, my plan is to come to you for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, crucified upon the cross for the forgiveness of sins. Here, Paul is expressing the life and death importance of proclaiming the gospel of not being ashamed to confess the gospel that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, died for us. Mm -hmm. And not just to one people, but to all peoples. Jews, Greeks, barbarians, everyone needs Jesus Christ, crucified for the forgiveness of their sins. Let's make this contextual for today. Lutherans, lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transvestites, queers, and everyone else. I just used the letters from their LGBTQ. Everyone else, too, the plus. And I would say, I would actually add my own definition to what that plus means, in LGBTQ plus, and add every sinner under the sun in that plus sign. Everyone needs a savior. Every single person. Because every one of us is a sinner. And as such, without Christ, we remain ungodly and unrighteous. And what is it that Paul was inspired by God to teach us about being ungodly and unrighteous? This is the hard word that comes in our text after our unashamed of the gospel pericope. He says in one eighteen, Romans one eighteen, for the wrath of God, uh-oh, don't want to hear this kind of language, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. This is on full display this morning. At 10 o'clock, many of you passed it. You saw it firsthand. I was down here already. We were doing Bible study, so some of us didn't see what's going on at the city green. But at 10 o'clock, ungodly and unrighteous people, as scripture rightly calls them, not Ty Bramwell. I'm not giving anybody labels. I'm going with God's word. They gathered in their unrepentance at the city green in full overt... Publicized blasphemous suppression of the truth. The Eureka chapter of the nonprofit organization that mockingly calls itself the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and by sisters I mean grown men dressed as women, and not just women but cross dressing nuns, which should be completely upsetting to every Roman Catholic, organized an event that they're calling, of all things, a Sister Communion. You may have read the front page endorsement in the article in the Ferndale Enterprise. Well, my friends, that was soft serve. What that article said may lead many who are uninformed, confused about what the problem is. Many would not even know that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are actually guys from that article. You can't tell. It says sisters. And it says she the whole time. This is how the group described the Ferndale event when they first advertised it on their Facebook page. When you look at it later, it's been edited, but this is from the first proclamation. A call for drag, leather, fairy, crone, kink, spiritual, witch, magic-making, queer, queer queer-allied, and performance community members for non-judgment day. This is your call to queer communion. Your Eureka sisters of perpetual indulgence are ringing our church bells for diversity, affirming sermoning against judgment. Please congregate by 10 a.m. on Sunday, one at Town Hall in Ferndale. Please consider, if you want to share a message, bring a sign to hold. Prepare a five-minute or shorter sermon, prayer, or a statement. If you are a musician who can play I Fell Into the Burning Ring of Fire, please bring your portable instrument. Wear your regalia, manifestation, onesie, ball gown, or whatever feels good when you roll out of bed. Bring everyone who needs the spirit with you. What spirit are they offering to their, their mock wicked worshippers? I mean, this is intended to look like a worship service. The evil spirits of Ephesians 6. 612. But here's the thing. Jesus died for them, just as he died for us. And yet they are suppressing the truth of their sin and need for a savior. They're they're suppressing the truth that God exists at all. They're attempting to mock him who is not mocked, Galatians 6-7. That scares me for them. They're suppressing the truth that there is a God at all, that he created them, that he's their savior. If only they would stop mocking him long enough to see that he loves them. Repent of their wickedness and learn about life and peace. He doesn't want them to fall into a burning ring of fire. He doesn't want them to receive God's wrath. But at this point, they don't see fit to acknowledge God. So God has, at this moment, given them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done, as we see it carrying itself out today. They are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy and murder and strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips and slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. That passage has been around for 2,000 years. We all know that. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Romans 1, 28 to 32. But it need not happen. It need not be. They need not die. Just as we have been rescued from that entire list of things. That's us. That's a depiction of me. I Am unrighteous. Ty is evil and covetousness, full of covetousness. You all heard me. I covet Bob's vest more than anybody in this room. <laughs> That's an in house joke, sorry. It's been going on for years. <laughs> I am full of malice. I am full of envy. I am full of murder because I hate my neighbor. I do. The old Adam within me is all of these things. Strife, deceit, maliciousness. I'm a gossip. I'm a slanderer. I'm a hater of God. I'm insolent, haughty, boastful. I'm an inventor of evil, disobedient to parents. I'm foolish. I'm faithless. I'm heartless. I'm ruthless. I am these things. And I am saved by the grace of God. They need not die just as we have been rescued from the penalty of death that we deserve. We need not die. As Ephesians 2, 1-9 makes clear, and you were dead. He's talking to the church in Ephesus. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind. And we by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up. With him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This gift is for you, dear saints, all of you, and it is for them. If only they wouldn't reject this free gift as you haven't. The only difference, you've heard me say this before, the only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is we actually open the Christmas present and delight in it. They take the box and say, no, thank you, and leave it and go. And we have found that that Christmas gift is so worthwhile. And so here we are carrying it around, the one they left behind, and we're trying to give it to them. This is your present. Jesus gave it for you. Your your name's right here. Do you want it? No, thanks. Uh Uh-uh. Trust me, dude, you want this. Mm -mm. That's the only difference. And this is why we're not ashamed of the gospel. This is why we carry around their gift for them, trying to give it to them. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Jesus Christ was crucified so that no one would face the wrath of God. He died for the ungodly and the unrighteous, that we would all be made righteous by the power of God, just as you have been. May the power of God soften the hard hearts of all those who continue to suppress the truth and may the same power of God sustain you in repentance of your sin, that you would always turn from your sin and toward your God, giving thanks to him for Jesus who took your place on the cross, suffered your penalty for death that you rightly deserve so that you wouldn't die. But you would be unashamed of the gospel. Live forever with him in eternal glory and peace and work day in and day out to save others. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.